0: And welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, September 21st, and we start with local news. Murray County elected officials gathered at the construction site of the future Murray County Judicial Complex for a topping-off ceremony on Wednesday... As a crowd lifted a metal beam to be placed on top of the building, over a dozen county commissioners, judges, and court staff looked on as construction continues on the facility that will house the county's court system. The $33.9 million project was approved in 2022 by the county commission. The new court's facility will be located at the old site of the Columbia Daily Herald-Newspaper building on South Main Street, which was built in 1969 and was demolished last year. County Commission Chairman Eric Previdi, who was reelected to serve a second term as chairman earlier this month, said the occasion is the result of hard work by past and present commissioners. We will be able to tell our grandchildren that we did this, Previdi said. Previdi named Scott Sumner, as previous chairman of the Budget Committee, who did not seek re-election to the County Commission, as the mastermind behind the funding of the project. Bell Construction is the site builder, led by Project Executive Rick Bruning. This is a celebration of the hard work that got us to the point where we are, he said. We are proud of it. Public defender Travis Jones said the new facility will help relieve long-time overcrowding at the historic Murray County Courthouse on Public Square, which was built in 1906. In my years of practice, I have spent many years speaking to clients while sitting on the basement steps of our current historic courthouse, Jones said. While a beautiful centerpiece of our community, its adequacy has long since passed with the growth of our county. We sincerely hope the efforts of all involved in this great project will serve this community for many years to come, providing much-needed space, privacy, and safety to all who enter seeking justice in both the civil and criminal realms, he said. Previous County Commission Chairman Don Morrow, who advocated for the site on South Main Street to be the site of the next judicial center, said the topping-off ceremony was satisfying and a long time coming. I served 16 years, and in 1996 they were talking about it. I first saw plans for the first time in 1996, which was proposed at $40 million even back then, and now we came in at less than that, Morrow said. It's an honor to serve the citizens of Murray County and change the landscape of the downtown area, which is huge, and maybe add to the streetscape downtown. I think everybody is going to like this when we get into it. It will be an asset to Murray County, he said. Yesterday, Kids Place, a child advocacy center, held a ribbon-cutting ceremony at their new location on Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Front Porch Radio's Mary Susan Kennedy attended the event to learn more about what Kids Place does.
1: Hello, this is Mary Susan Kennedy with Front Porch Radio. This morning I am at Kids Place, a child advocacy center, and I'm here for a ribbon-cutting in celebration of their new location on Hatcher Lane. I'm speaking with Charles E. LeJean, and she is the executive director, and she's going to tell us about the mission of this fabulous organization.
2: Thank you for having us on this morning and helping us celebrate this this achievement um for our organization kids place is the child advocacy center that serves murray county our mission is to provide hope help and healing to children and families when there are allegations of severe child abuse including sex child sexual abuse the majority of our clients are victims of child sexual abuse Right here in Murray County, we've been serving children since 1999 with a physical presence since around 2010. Previously, we were located in the Murray Hills Church, and that was a wonderful location for us. But unfortunately, we outgrew that space very rapidly over the last few years because of the demand for our services, which is unfortunate. But we are very grateful to be here and to be able to help children and families when they are, are in crisis because of severe child abuse allegations. Part of the services that we provide is to, when that allegation is made, we provide what we call a forensic interview and that sounds like a fancy term but really it's it's just an interview with a child in a way that is non-leading non-suggestive but gathers all the intimate details about what's happened to that child we have family advocates who while that interview is going on they're walking with the non-offending caregivers those supportive people in that child's life to really do some crisis counseling they're they're looking at risks that exist in that family's life they are looking at resources that we can provide that family they are um, explaining the investigative process sometimes this is the first time that they've ever had something like this happen in their family and they don't know what to do they don't know where to turn but they can find refuge here with us and with our advocates and so we walk them through that entire process from the very beginning to the time that the the case is dismissed uh, not dismissed but has closure Um, and then we also have a therapist on staff here who works with that child who's been that victim to reduce the symptoms of trauma as we know trauma affects every child differently and so we do individualized treatment plans to really see where that child is what are the triggers what are the traumas that they need to work on and just kind of over help them to overcome so that they can get back to that healthy happy childhood that they deserve This is
1: such tragically beautiful work that you do. How would a family member or perhaps a child, him or herself, contact and find y'all?
2: So the first point of contact for services at Kids Place is through that investigation. So an allegation has to be called in to DCS, the Department of Children's Services, or our local law enforcement, either Murray County Sheriff's Department, Columbia Police Department, um, one of those entities that starts that investigation. Um, Unfortunately, we're not able to take... um, people outside of that um state law kind of dictates what we who we're able to serve sometimes and um, it has to be part of that investigative team to refer to to refer a family to our services um well that makes a lot of sense
1: um and do are you locally funded do you need help from the community in that regard
2: we absolutely need help from community. Um, we are—we have a diverse funding um, source. We have federal grants that are that are federal funds that are um, funneled through the state. We have state grants. We have local grants. But then we also heavily depend on the community. Um, Kids Place was founded in Lawrenceburg, serving Lawrence County. We we serve the entire twenty second judicial district, so that's Murray County, but also. Lawrence, Giles, and Wayne counties. Um, with we have a, a budget of about eight hundred thousand dollars this year, and. Less than 2% of that is actually funded through Murray County, while 40% of our clients are right here in Murray County. So we are looking for additional funding um, to support the work that we're doing right here in our backyard, in our community, serving the children and families of Columbia and in Murray County. Um, we're looking for board members, board representation in Murray County. We're looking for um, donors. We're looking for you know any kind of community support that we can, we can gain here in Murray County. Um, well, I'm sure this wonderful
1: county would love to help. Um, and so, how would they con- How would folks contact y'all to help?
2: I'll give you one of our um, email addresses. The email is probably the best way. Um, you can email info i n f o at k p c a c that's info at kpcac.org, or you can go to our website, which is kpcac.org. Okay, well, again,
1: congratulations on this lovely um, location here, and I believe it's 800 Hatcher Lane. And um, it's such a comforting, uh, special place, and y'all's work is amazing. Again, this is Mary Susan Kennedy with Front Porch Radio.
0: Tennessee Farm Bureau Executive Vice President Radonna Rose will retire at the end of the year after 37 years of dedicated service. A Smith County native, Rose worked her way up from intern to executive vice president over almost four decades. She has served on the forefront of dynamic change, providing unwavering leadership in the agriculture industry during her tenure. Rose has positively impacted Tennessee Farm Bureau, Tennessee Agriculture, American Agriculture, and much more, according to a Farm Bureau press release. She has served on numerous boards, committees, and advisory councils, including the Tennessee Tech Board of Trustees and the University of Tennessee Board of Trustees. Being a part of the Farm Bureau team has been an absolute privilege, Rose said. When I embarked on this journey with Tennessee Farm Bureau, I couldn't foresee how I would be blessed every step of the way. Farm Bureau's success is a testament to the organization's soul, many dedicated volunteer leaders across the state and the organization's heartbeat, the devoted staff. I have no doubt the organization will continue to excel in fulfilling its mission, she said. Rose was named Executive Vice President in December of 2010. In October of 2017, the State Board of Directors chose her to take on the responsibilities of Chief Administrative Officer, while keeping her title as Executive Vice President and leading the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation. She began her career with the organization in 1986 as an intern in the Department of Information before being hired as a research assistant for what is now the Public Policy Division. She was named director and chief lobbyist in 1995. There aren't enough words to thank Radana for all she has done for Tennessee Farm Bureau and Tennessee Agriculture over the past 37 years, said Tennessee Farm Bureau President Eric Mayberry. She has left an indelible mark, and her extraordinary legacy will continue to impact the organization for generations. We will miss her leadership, but we wish her all the best in a much-deserved retirement, he said. Born in Smith County, Rose spent a large part of her youth in Putnam County, where she was active in 4-H, competing in the Sheep Project and FFA, serving as state treasurer in 1980 and 81. Rose attended Tennessee Tech University, where she majored in agriculture and graduated in 1984. She was an agriculture educator in Loudoun County before receiving her master's degree from Texas A&M University in 1986. She has worked tirelessly to shape policy which benefited Tennessee farmers and rural people and has always been highly respected by lawmakers, industry partners, and farmers across the state, the release said. Redonna Rose has sacrificed and served the nation's largest Farm Bureau remarkably, and there's no doubt the organization is better because of her nearly four decades of influence. The Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation State Board of Directors have selected Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation Director of Membership Brian Wright to replace Rose as Executive Vice President. Wright began his career in 1993 as an insurance agent in Smith County with Tennessee Farm Bureau's Mutual Insurance Company. He was hired as Tennessee Farm Bureau's Member Benefits Coordinator in 2001 and became Associate Director of Organization in 2003. In 2014, he took over as Director of the Membership Division, as a White County native, Wright graduated from Tennessee Tech University with a bachelor's degree in agriculture in 1992. He and his wife, Regina, live in the Brush Creek community of Smith County. Yesterday, H1 Auto Care in Spring Hill held their fifth anniversary celebration. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the event and spoke to the proprietor about the service they, services that they offer.
3: This is Dell Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I am at the grand reopening, fifth anniversary of H1 Honest Auto Care. Uh, and I'm speaking with Rod Holliman, who is the owner of this location of H1 Honest Auto Care. Rod, congratulations.
4: Thank you so much. We're so pleased to be here and we've been busy as we can, can stand for the last five years and hope to continue it.
3: Now, Tell us what you offer here at H1 Honest Auto Care.
4: So we do everything um, mechanical, from oil changes to engine installs on all makes and models, including European cars, Mercedes, BMW, Porsche. We're working on 928 right now out in the shop. So some older cars as well, but we also do domestics. And what we don't do is we don't do body work or glass work. We leave those to the experts in those areas.
3: And you are locally owned and operated, correct?
4: Yeah, locally owned and operated, and I was transferred here by one of the big healthcare companies in Nashville back in 99, and uh, retired in 2018, and decided I wanted to stay home and open a local business and support my local community, so we started this in 2018.
3: So you're celebrating your fifth anniversary right here doing this today?
4: Yes, we are.
3: That is amazing. All right, for more information or to make an appointment to have their automobile looked at or repaired, where do people go? Our
4: website is www.honestoneautocarespringhill.com or give us a call at 615-392-3376.
3: Give me that number one more time.
4: And the website too. 615-392-3376 or the website is the number one Spring hill. Dot com
3: all right again del kennedy front porch radio i'm in spring hill tennessee this afternoon at the grand opening of h1 honest one auto care i'm speaking with rod Holman, the owner it's their fifth anniversary congratulations thank you so much thank you
0: a historic marker was installed at the headquarters of tennessee farm bureau in columbia commemorating a century of dedicated service to the community Founded in 1921, Tennessee Farm Bureau has played an integral role in the agricultural heritage of Tennessee. Tennessee Farm Bureau is a leading agricultural organization dedicated to supporting Tennessee farmers and rural communities. It has been a cornerstone of the agricultural industry, advocating for the needs and interests of farmers and promoting the vitality of rural areas across the state. For a century, Tennessee Farm Bureau has been deeply rooted in the heart of Columbia, working tirelessly to support our farmers and rural communities, stated Eric Mayberry, president of the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation. This historical marker symbolizes our long-lasting partnership with this great city, and we are honored to have been a part of its growth and success. We are grateful to the City of Columbia for recognizing our contributions and commitment to this community a nonprofit organization that represents the interests of farmers and rural families in Tennessee. Farm Bureau provides a variety of services to its members, including insurance, financial planning, and educational programs. The marker ceremony was a momentous occasion celebrating the enduring partnership between Tennessee Farm Bureau and the City of Columbia, a city press release said. The historical marker, placed at its state headquarters in Columbia, serves as a testament to their unwavering commitment to the region for the past 100 years. City Mayor Chaz Mulder said he looks forward to the ongoing legacy of Farm Bureau's impact on the state and region. When I think about the many attributes we have as a city, I always think about the Tennessee Farm Bureau and how fortunate we are that they call Columbia home. It is my hope that this marker will forever be a reminder of our close bond and will educate all passersby of the importance of this organization in our community, Mayor Mulder said. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Jerry Lee Bell, 77, former resident of Columbia and former inspector for Union Carbide, died Friday at Savannah Healthcare and Rehab Center in Savannah, Tennessee. Funeral services will be conducted Thursday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally.
3: At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well.
1: At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference.
0: Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 85 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of 57 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to southern middle Tennessee. Today.
3: Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance...
6: More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jeweler's Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia.
5: American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard.
1: Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today,
6: 388-2090.
3: Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Group. Or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. Group. Land is your legacy.
6: Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5 the stay in your car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think.
3: For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board.
6: Here we go.
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee and 15 other states were accused this week by the Biden administration of underfunding their historically black land grant universities by billions of dollars over the last 30 years. A letter from Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona and Secretary of Agriculture Thomas Vilsack to Governor Bill Lee said Tennessee has underfunded Tennessee State University by $2.1 billion. That figure was the highest among all states that received letters. Look at the decades of underfunding, not just in the capacity grants, but also in the basic state appropriations, and think about how much effort it took for these schools to produce what they did, said Representative Harold Love Jr., a national Democrat. Land-grant universities were created by the Morrill Act of 1862. The federal government gave states land, which they could sell to fund a university that emphasized agriculture and the mechanical arts. Many of these schools, like the University of Tennessee, became the state's flagship public universities. They also did not initially admit black students. In 1890, a second Morrill Act required states to either end racial discrimination at their land-grant colleges or create separate schools for black students. Across the country, 18 states chose to found black institutions. Tennessee State was created by the second Morrill Act. If states decided to open separate colleges for black students, the 1890 Morrill Act required them to give equal funding to their white and black land grant schools. Tennessee, according to data from the National Center for Education Statistics, underfunded TSU by $2,147,000,000 during the last 30 years. In 2021, Tennessee's Office of Legislative Budget Analysis calculated that over the last 60 years, the state underfunded TSU by $151 million to $544 million, a figure far below what the U.S. government found In response, Tennessee approved $250 million in one-time funds for TSU to use for infrastructure. There's no discrepancies in the numbers. These are different buckets, said Representative Love, who led the 2021 effort to document the state's underfunding of TSU. Love noted that the NCES had the staff and the data to more accurately document the extent of state underfunding of land-grant HBCUs, The letter to Governor Lee urged Tennessee to provide a substantial state allocation to TSU and make a two-to-one match of future federal funds that school receives. A spokeswoman for the governor said, As Governor Lee has stated, Tennessee State University is a remarkable institution that is vital to our state's long-term success, and he has proposed significant funding for TSU every year, including an historic $250 million investment last year for strategic initiatives at TSU. After declining for three consecutive weeks, Tennessee gas prices are now getting more expensive. The Tennessee gas price average is now $3.43, which is still $0.07 less expensive than one month ago, but $0.20 more than one year ago. Global fuel supplies continue to tighten, which is putting upward pressure on oil prices and in turn is causing pump prices to rise as well, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the auto club group. The big jumps we've seen in crude oil pricing would typically cause a more significant change in gas prices. However, the upward pressure on pump prices has been tempered by much lower demand. For this week, drivers should expect to see continued volatility at the pump, she said. Here's some quick facts. 79% of Tennessee gas stations have prices below $3.50 a gallon. The lowest 10% of pump prices are $3.19 for regular unleaded, the highest 10% It's $3.73. Tennessee is the sixth least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
5: Welcome back to Southern Middle
0: Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Nashville Sounds Foundation is excited to announce the return of its kid-friendly Halloween-themed Sweets and Treats event at First Horizon Park on Wednesday, October 18th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. For the second consecutive year and seventh overall, the Sounds and their club-level suite owners will decorate the club-level suites at First Horizon Park. Participants are invited to trick-or-treat, moving about the club level, to collect candy and participate in each suite's festivities. Tickets are available for $5 each and can be purchased at www.milb.com forward slash Nashville. All proceeds will benefit the Nashville Sounds Foundation. All participants must purchase a ticket to enter First Horizon Park. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOMWKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting www.frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.